Hello, I'm Steve, also known as Tea Break Knitter on social media. This is the fourth in a series of podcasts when I'm talking about knitting the Nahini River Vest, which is a pattern by Simply Shetland. The author is Bet Slampers. And I'm knitting it in Shetland wool from Jemisons of Shetland in Spindrift. In the previous podcasts, I've talked about how I've planned this project, how I've cast on this project, and how I'm knitting the project in stranded knitting. In this podcast, I want to show you about how I've cast on to do the steaks for the arms and the neck, how I'm doing the decreases in the colour work to make sure I maintain the pattern, and how I'm using symmetry to check whether I've made mistakes in either the pattern or in the decreases. So I'll start off talking about how I cast on for the steaks. And I'll do this by showing you a more detailed view, using it not the yarn for the project, but in a larger yarn, that you'll be able to see what I'm doing. The steak that I'm going to make is to cover these four stitches here that I've marked with a pin that will be put on the waist yarn and might later be used to pick up an armhole, for example. I'm going to use an eight stitch steak. I'm using an even number of stitches so that should I have to change the color yarn in the middle of the steak, I can be sure of catching both colors of the old yarn and both colors of the new yarn. I'm also going to be adding an edge stitch to each side of the steak in the background color, which would normally be used for picking up arm, armholes for the arms or button bands. So this is how I do it. I'm going to be knitting up in pattern, so keeping this pattern of two, four, 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 two colors. Uh, two dark stitches before the four stitches that I want to pick up. So here are the four stitches I'm going to take onto this yarn. You can see I've already threaded it through. Here's the stitch before the one. And what I want to do is to catch, to make an edge stitch tied into this one so it's firmly. So I knit that stitch as normal, but leave the loop on the needle so I can knit into the back of that. Now that's the edge stitch, so I want to mark that position because that's actually the start of the steak. So that's all, that stitch is always going to be knit in the background colour. Now before I start do anything with those other stitches, I'm going to make the stitches for the steak. The first stitch, ste stitch in the steak is going to be contrasting with this one, so it's going to be in the light colour yarn. So I make a loop with a dark colour yarn, knit into it with a light colour yarn. So I've now got the first steak stitch. I now use the light colour yarn to form the loop, the dark colour yarn to form the stitch, so that's two steak stitches. Loop in one colour, 
knit in the next three steak stitches and the fourth steak stitch is going to be in the dark colour. Now I want to be able to spot the middle of the steak very easily because it's the middle of the steak that I'm going to cut. So I make an, another loop with a light colour and knit with a dark colour. So I've now got those two dark colour stitches next to each other. They're what I'm going to look for when I cut the steak. So I now knit another three steak stitches, starting off with a stitch in the light colour. So I've now got one edge stitch, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight steak stitches. So I want to make another edge stitch. So now I return back to the main fabric. Here are the four stitches that I'm going to put on hold. And here's the first stitch of the fabric that's going to be knit as a light coloured stitch. However, I want to create a new edge stitch, so I'm going to knit into that with a dark yarn. Put on a placeholder for the start of the steak. And then I'm going to knit through the back of the loop to give me the light stitch that I want. And continue to the end of the row. So that's my cast on. I've got the two edge stitches that were knit into the last stitch of the fabric. That ties them in quite closely to that. And then I've got the alternating steak stitches. As you can see, each stitch is formed in a loop of the opposite colour. This means that when I come to reinforce the steak, I can make sure that that bottom, very bottom of the cast on edge and the stitches themselves are reinforced and so that they don't pull back. And the reason I use the eight colour, the eight stitch steak, is so that when I reinforce, I'll be tying those two stitches together and those two stitches together. So that if I've changed colour in the middle, the two old colours are going to be held together and the two new colours are going to be held together so that the whole fabric is reinforced even if I'm changing colour. So that's how I cast on for my steaks. In this next section I want to show you how I do decreases for the, in the colour work so that I maintain the colour pattern. The idea for this came from Oxane Richardson and the URL of the video is shown here. And I'm going to show you what I do again by cutting away and using a larger yarn that you can see more easily what I'm doing. I'm going to show you how I do decreases when I'm in doing stranded colour work. And I'm going to show you how I decrease around this steak in the middle here. So I've got an eight stitch steak with two edge stitches on it. 
So I'm going to decrease here in these two stitches and in these two stitches in just the same way as I would for an armhole. I'm working in a checkerboard pattern. Makes it very easy to see how the stitches are lying. So I'll just work up towards the decrease. One more stitch and we have a light and a dark stitch that we're going to do the decrease on. Now if I was working in the single plane colour I would do a knit two together here so that the stitch was lying parallel to the seam. So I've got a right rightly leaning stitch so that it will look neatly lined up against the seam which will actually be made of the edge stitch. But look what happens now in the colour work if I do that. Just pull this back stitch tight a bit so you can see what's happening here. So you can see, see here you've, you've got your colour work, you've got white, brown, white, brown, white and when the next stitch is tied those stitches will lie onto each other so we've got two white stitches next to each other which is not what we want. So if we undo that and instead of doing a right leaning knit two together I do a left leaning SSK I'm succeeding in making these stitches quite loose by reworking them. You can see what's happened here now. We've got white, brown, white, brown, white, brown, white, and the dominant stitch here is the brown. Let's work our way over to the other side. On the other side, the seam will be leaning the other way. So it's where I would normally do an SSK. So that I've got a left leaning stitch so that it follows the line of the seam. Let's see what happens if we do an SSK on the left hand side of this. Slip, slip, and it's going to end up as a dark stitch and a light stitch next to it. And again once things are tightened up what do we find? We've got two dark stitches next to each other. Let's see what happens if we do a knit two together. So we use a right leaning stitch. Knit two together brings that left hand light stitch on top. Let me, again I'll, I'll knit through it so it's easier to see what's happened here. So with the right leaning knit two together We've kept the light, dark, light, <laughs> light, dark, light, dark, light pattern. And you can see that the dark stitch is tucked underneath. And if we look on the other side, again, the light switch stitch is tucked underneath the dark stitch. So you've kept the continuity of pattern going better. So on colour work, you want and you come to an area of decrease at the edge of the fabric, you want to use a decrease that leans towards the edge. 
so if you if you're got coming up the fabric and to the left you've got a an edge of the fabric where you're degreasing decreasing you do the ssk the left leaning stitch to do your decrease there on the other side we are you're at the edge of the fabric and you're going moving in towards the center of the fabric as you knit you want a right leaning decrease the knit two together and that way you lay the correct color on top on the pub, public side of your work to keep the continuity of the row before the one that you're knitting at the moment so that's the rule to do a decrease in color work lean the decrease towards the edge of the fabric so that's how i do the decreases in my color work in the previous video i talked about how i follow the chart and make sure that i can see what the pattern was on the previous row when i'm knitting the current row as a way of finding out whether i've made mistakes or not quite early on something else i use is symmetry symmetry the patterns in the are quite symmetrical in this and most other stranded knitting and you find that what happens at one armhole happens at the other what happens either side of a v-neck tends to be symmetrical across the two so you can use that to spot whether i've made mistakes in the color work whether i've done the right number of decreases and things like that i'd like to start by talking about different types of symmetry you've got translation symmetry and reflection symmetry these are particularly helpful to knitters. There are also other symmetries called rotation and scaling that I won't talk about in this tutorial, but designers might be particularly interested in those. In terms of translation symmetry, this is where your shape is repeated either horizontally or vertically. In this case, you can see the tri a triangle is repeated as you go across a line. You might see minor variations, in this case they're, they're the colour, but basically we're interested in the things that are in common. In a written knitting pattern, the translation symmetry could show up as a repetition in a row, knit two, repeat, purl two, knit two, three more times, or repeat rows three to five, 10 more times. That would be a vertical repeat. So this is a repeat within a round or row, and this is a repetition of a group of rows. So if you're doing one of these repetitions, you can compare your current repetition with earlier ones to see that they're the same. If they're not the same, you can work out where you made your mistake before it has been covered up by more complicated patterns coming on later. Looking at that another way, you might have a, your knitting represented in a chart. And for a chart, you would often have a motif that's then repeated as you go along a row or you go up a row, just like this one. And what's not necessarily obvious from the motif itself is what the overall pattern looks like where you'll often see other symmetries appearing that you weren't 
obviously aware of. So here we've got the one, two, three horizontal repeats and the one, two, three vertical repeats. And as the original motif is repeated, you can see that it's forming an overall systematic design, which is of a set of crosses on a background, or if you prefer, a set of diagonal lines with those crosses in between them. And so you can use this as you're knitting to be able to compare what's happening in this repeat with what's happening in that repeat. The other type of symmetry is reflection, so as things would appear in a mirror. So what happens as we move from left to right is the opposite of what happens as we move from right to left. Uh, this can be useful in knitting when you've got something like an armhole or a v-neck. So coming back to our pattern, you can see this vert vertical symmetry here. If we come up column 10, we look to its right. On the top row, you've got a white, black, black, black. And on the left, you've got a white, black, black, black. So what's happening on one side of the line of symmetry is the opposite is happening in the opposite order to what's happening on the other side. So translating that into knitting and we've got say we're here and we have got a v-neck that we're doing in the middle of the front of a, of a jumper. So look what's happened if you have a v-neck. The v is normally placed along a line of symmetry in your design so that the left-hand side of the garment looks like the right-hand side of the garment and everything is nice and symmetrical, it's balanced left and right. So as you do your decreases, what you actually see here, starting off the bottom, is what's happening on the right-hand side as you look at it as you're knitting. Things happening in the opposite sequence to on the left and the same as you go up through all of these. So as you knit across your armhole, across your v-neck, you, once you get to the far side, you can check that you've got the same sequence, black, white, white, as you move away from the v. You can also use this as a way of working out where you should start knitting again after your pattern. So, as you go up the chart, you're working your way across, and often this will be inset from the edge of the motif as it's shown in your pattern. So when you pick up the other side of the v-neck, you can j just say, where am I in the pattern? I've got to be looking for where it goes white, white, black, black, black. And you can look for that sequence on the other side, just to check you're picking up and knitting your chart from the right place. As for armholes, often you'll find the armholes are symmetrical. You've got the same pattern as you leave the armhole on what to you as you knit is the right hand side of what you're looking as you have on the opposite side. So again, you can check that at the 
beginning of the part of the garment you're knitting, you've got the same sequence in reverse as you have on the opposite side. That doesn't always work though. This is offset slightly. It isn't symmetrical. So take this line, you've got one black there and two blacks there. However, you will often find that the front and the back of the garment are the same. So if you're looking at the front as you knit it, and you've got the sequence two blacks and a white on this round, then as you're knitting the back, as you come away from the armhole, you'd also expect to see two blacks and a white, and the same on the other armhole. So that's another way in which you can do the checking, even if an individual part of the garment isn't symmetrical, you'll often see a symmetry with a different part of the garment that you can check as you're knitting. Now I've been talking about this in terms of colours, colour work. It applies equally if you're using stitch patterns such as knits and pearls. And for lace work and, and other open work where things can get a bit more complicated. And certainly as you knit one repeat of your pattern, you can check that with the next repeat immediately you finish that second repeat to make sure you've got the same sequence of stitches. At that stage it's easier to go back and correct what you've done. Once you've done a few more stitches and even gone on to the next row of your knitting it becomes far more difficult to correct your open work. So let's have a look at what that means in practice. Here's an example of where we can use translation to find a mistake in our knitting. In this swatch we've got a front which has a v-neck opening and armholes which you can see on the front and on the back. And what we have here if you look in the vertical we've got this pattern repeating there and there is that that cross has got a white center and that cross has got a brown center. So there's a mistake. This this repeat is not the same as that repeat and it's that center is wrong. Things get a bit more complicated as we try and find the mistakes on the front here. So just to help you orientate yourself here is the front of the knitting and I have highlighted the edges of the steaks with those blue blue thread and you can see here we've got the v-neck and you've got the two steaks on either side. So with that to help us what can we see now? Well first of all if we look at what's happening here and what's happening here in this sequence we've got quite clearly there are two white stitches as we come away from the edge and in here we appear to have a brown and a white and if you compare what's happening this is where I've used a knit two together which is sloping towards the interior of the fabric instead of an SSK which would have been sloping away 
and if it had been sloping away, then the white stitch would have been dominant, not the brown stitch. We've got a difference here. As we're coming in, we've got two clear white stitches here, and we've got two stitches being joined together here. I forgot to decrease on this side. On this down here, another another sequence that, if you look, is incorrect. In this one, I've used a slip slip knit, which is a right leaning stitch instead of a left leaning stitch. So you're getting a different appearance down on this bottom part here. So again, looking on the back and the front of these armholes now, you see here we've got two stitches in white and one white below them and a brown above that. Here we've got the two stitches, the one stitch and a white above it. That should be the same. Of course we've got the armhole here. We're starting the pattern away from the armhole. Should be the same. It's not. So here we've got the mistake and that brown should be a white. On the left here we've got part of a cross up against the steek here. I've got a full cross against the, the steek. There must be a mistake there. And in this particular mistake was I forgot to de decrease. So again we're using the translational symmetry of comparing the front and the back. So by understanding that you can use the various repeats in your pattern to see where things should be the same and so you can compare them and understanding how the shaping of your pattern is symmetrical either side of a line of center line of in a symmetrical pattern or between front and back when you're knitting your piece you can see where there are differences where there should be no difference at all and you can go back and correct those problems before they get buried under the next few rows. So that was how I use symmetry to help me find mistakes in what I've done early so that I can correct them. Now I'd like to show you the progress I've made with this project. I'm about halfway up the armholes at the moment, so it's a good time to take stock because I've knit the body, I've started knitting the steeks, so I can show you where the steeks are, what they look like while I'm knitting them, and I can also show you something about how I'm planning to do, deal with the ends of the yarn. So here it is. This is the project so far. And first thing I want to show you is this, the steek at the front. You can see here is the gap 
at the start of the steek and these stripes up here are the, where I will actually cut the steek. The other steeks are at the edge for the armholes. Here the gaps are much larger at the bottom because you're holding more stitches for the underarm but the width of the steek stitches themselves, the banding, the area I'm going to cut is the same. If you look inside you'll see the ends and as I said earlier I wasn't I didn't weave in the ends as I went along and I'm going to weave in these ends later on. We then come to the steek for the armhole and above the armhole all those ends are actually in the middle of the steek. So once I've secured, reinforced the edges of that steek and cut down the middle, all those ends there will be exactly the same as those knitted rows in that there will be a cut down the middle there. Every single row, the strand of wool will finish in that middle there. So this set of ends I won't need to weave in because they're held by the reinforcement of the steek. So this is where I am. The reason I stopped at this particular point is I've reached the vertical repeat in the pattern. So it was a convenient place to stop, do the filming and remember where I got to. So that's my progress with the Mahini River Vest. And in the next, which I expect is the final podcast in this series, I'll show you the last few techniques that I'm going to have to use in order to knit it. I'm going to have to reinforce the steaks to stop them unraveling. I'm going to have to cut the steaks to make the armholes, to make the V of the neck. And I'm going to have to pick up and knit the armbands and the neckband. So that'll be the topic of the next podcast. So until then, happy knitting.